It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of two IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. Our other fantasy analyst uh, in the IDP Corner, uh, Mr. Thomas Simons, will be joining us in just a few. Uh, We're recording this on Saturday morning a little bit later than we normally do um, because I've uh, had a a hellacious uh, travel schedule in the last couple of weeks or last couple of days. That's how hellacious it was. I can't even tell the difference between days and weeks. So I'm going to get us started, and then uh, Thomas will join us in just a few. We're heading into week seven. Uh, A couple things to go over. Remember, we've got four teams on a bye. We've got uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Rams, Minnesota Vikings, and the Philadelphia Eagles all on bye. There's a ton of good IDP players on those rosters that unfortunately we cannot use this week. So hopefully we can get you some replacements and also go over a few possible uh, substitutions. So a uh, quick note on Thursday night's game. Uh, I I barely got to see a, a, a part of it, uh, but uh, it's been interesting to watch Arizona's defense. They have definitely improved. I know it's, it's taken them a while to kind of get it figured out. I think a big part of that is Zaven Collins. He's settling in nicely to this primary linebacker role. Uh, for those of you who play IDP props, uh, I threw in a Zaven Collins over six and a half tackles and assists prop into our Discord channel and under the betting channel. And uh, that hit for us. I think Collins is being a little underrated across the board. He's playing really, really solid snaps and playing well. And I think he's kind of the keystone. He's the last piece that is making this defense work, I think, a lot better. Also, Zach Allen on the edge. He and J.J. Water are forming uh, quite a duo there. I know J.J. Watt's not putting up the numbers he used to, but he's still an effective football player and is helping that defense uh, play well. Uh, New Orleans defense, uh, you know, they got they were pretty banged up. They didn't have Marshawn Lattimore. They didn't have Paul Sotodebo. So, you know, you take out your top two corners, uh, and it's certainly going to open things up for for the opposing offense. Um, Demario Davis wore the green dot as, as usual, uh, and again he was outperformed by the secondary linebacker Pete Warner. Pete Warner had seven total tackles. Uh, Demario Davis had four, although he did have a sack, and that's kind of what we expect these days. Uh, Davis has been producing a little bit more on the big play side, and his tackle floor has certainly taken a hit since Pete Warner has showed up. When, so for now, we're going to go ahead and turn our attention to week seven. I'm uh, going to go over a few things here. Uh, Troy Anderson, uh, Atlanta Falcons linebacker. He took all 60 defensive snaps last week, had 12 tackles, six of which were solo. Uh, and that was we were expecting that. But there's a little worry that maybe Nick Kwiatkowski was going to uh, uh, share some snaps. Uh, that did not happen. The interesting thing now is that Michael Walker is set to return this week. And. A few things that we've seen, we've heard from the coaches hasn't really made it sound like Walker is guaranteed to get the green dot back and play every single snap. So now Anderson and Michael Walker may split this role. It's a little too early to tell, but if I've got Anderson or Walker, unless I'm desperate, I'm trying not to play either one this week till we find out. Uh, obviously, Anderson, you know, is is a draft pick by this regime. Michael Walker wasn't. 
Um, so they may have used this opportunity to go ahead and install Anderson uh, in that primary LB spot and roll with him. Uh, but we really do not know. We're, this, we're just guessing at this point. Next to them is Rashawn Evans, though. Uh, Evans has been playing well, and the Falcons do have a good matchup this week. Uh, another interesting uh, uh, heavy tackle guy last week uh, was if you had if you had to plug in Alex Singleton as a bye week fill in, uh, <laughs> you did all right. He had uh, I think he had uh, twenty one tackles, which is which is pretty crazy. The only thing is, uh, as we've mentioned here before, a lot of the times that Alex Singleton. Uh, produces these heavy tackles in such short bursts is because when teams see him out on the field, they attack him. For those of you who remember uh, uh, the the safety out, out of Kansas City a couple of years ago, D- Daniel Sorensen, he was put he was putting up these massive tackle numbers from the safety position, and uh, which was great for IDP. But what was really happening is teams would target him and and give him lots of opportunities to make uh, tackles twenty yards downfield. So eventually he got replaced. That might be, you know, that that's the reason why when Josie Jewell is healthy, there's a really good chance Jewell gets his job right back. Um, Jewell is trending upward. He's, he's practiced a couple times this week, at least in limited fashion. So watch that carefully. If Singleton has to play, use him because it's likely going to happen again that the offense is going to attack him. But if Jewell is healthy, I'm pretty sure the Broncos can't wait to get Singleton out of the lineup and install their primary linebacker in Josie Jewell. Uh, Man, it's been tough watching Trey Hendrickson. Um, If you've got him, you're frustrated. So far, you know, we're six weeks into the season and has just two and a half sacks. But it's important to note that he's been playing plenty of snaps. He's he's registering in the 70-ish to 80-ish percent snaps. Uh, and he also he's generating tons of pressures. He's generating generating three to six pressures a game. Uh, and just hasn't had the sacks to come with it. So uh, you know, it's already week seven, so you don't have a whole lot of whole lot of more time to wake. I'll just tell you that the peripherals say that Hendrickson is due. Uh, he, you know, if however much you believe in PFF's grading system, PFF is grading him well as well. So he's he's checking all the boxes except for the most important one for us. So There's a good chance that that production is coming. Another linebacker situation, uh, you know, we were hoping to see Shaquille Leonard return this week, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Leonard is out. So Zaire Franklin uh, should maintain that primary linebacker role this week. Uh, Bobby Okereke, uh, you know, should also play. Uh, he does have a little bit of a hand injury that he's been dealing with. Um, going forward of the two here, I want Franklin because when Leonard returned a couple of weeks ago, even just for a handful of snaps, it was actually Franklin that stayed on the field next to him. So if you've got Zaire Franklin, uh, it does look like you can fire him up one more week. If you've got Okereke, uh, you can also fire him up this week. This might be one of your last weeks to get meaningful production from him. We have to see how the three of these linebackers do shake out. Uh, speaking of injured players uh, and and linebacking situations, uh, it turns out that Logan Wilson is, is going to miss this week. He injured his shoulder. Uh, it's considered day-to-day, uh, but it does look like he will miss this week. That puts Jermaine Pratt uh, in, in a favorable role here. Uh, last year when Wilson missed some snaps – it was Pratt who took over as the primary linebacker, and he and he wore the green dot, which means he played every snap. 
Last week, when Wilson got knocked out of the game, it was Pratt who took over as the signal caller. So we're expecting that this week. And that's a good thing because they actually have a really good matchup. Atlanta's offense is second in rushing percentage, and they're top 10 in creating tackles for linebackers. So this is a good week for your Jermaine Pratt stashes. Uh, I also am pretty high on Akeem Davis-Gaither to come in and play the secondary linebacker role, uh, but really more as an LB4 or possibly LB3. Let's move on and discuss uh, Miles Garrett. Um, we see we saw this a couple of weeks ago with Aaron Donald. So Miles Garrett's been banged up. Obviously, he got in that that car, you know, one car accident, um, and he got shut out. Um, you know, the, the following game, which is rare for him. Then he faced Bill Belichick's offense, and Belichick basically sold out to to stop Garrett last season when they met or the last time when they met. And sure enough, Garrett basically threw up a donut against Bill Belichick. So you've got an injured player who didn't perform the week before, who is in a matchup that doesn't favor him because of Belichick Belichick basically selling out. So the inclination might have been to sit him, but it is yet another reminder why you never, ever sit your stud defensive linemen. Because in this matchup, which... All looked terrible. He had five tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble. We saw something, I mentioned we saw something similar to this. Aaron Donald had a really bad matchup a couple weeks ago. Um, But I encouraged everyone to, you got to just keep rolling with Donald. Donald had a couple sacks in that game as well. So similar to a stud quarterback or a stud wide receiver or even a stud running back, you know, if you've got if you've got Justin Jefferson, you have to start him every week. I don't care what the matchup says. Uh, when it comes to defensive linemen, you have to do the same thing because it only takes a couple of snaps to go their direction for them to pay off. Right? We're not looking for somebody to get you know twelve tackles and six sacks, and you know we're going to be disappointed if they get six tackles and one sack. That may happen if you're a running back going against a tough rushing defense, right? What you're really looking for is volume. For our defensive line, we're not looking for volume. We're, we're looking for a few of those big hits to come through. And when you are talented as Garrett and Donald and players like that, that's all they need. And that's all they, you know, that's all they need to come through. And they clearly did. So uh, just a reminder going forward to, to not worry about the matchups when it comes to your studs when, on the defensive line. Green Bay's defense uh, has been an interesting one. Uh, They've been playing pretty well, not as well as they did last year. Um, They've had a couple of games with pretty low snap counts because of how the how the game script went. Uh, Their offense, the Green Bay offense is a fairly slow offense. So if that's happening and the defense is also playing well, you're going to see lowered snap counts. Last week, Green Bay's defense only played 55 snaps. That's not a crazy low number. That's about. 10 lower than normal. So that's not crazy, but it is a little lower. Uh, and they only had 53 tackles. So just a little bit lower than normal. If you combine that with the presence of secondary linebacker Quay Walker, you get why Devondre Campbell has been an LB2 this year, not an LB1. Last year, he was essentially the only linebacker for Green Bay. And Green Bay got into more games where, um, you know, the they would they could score quicker which put the defense back on the field to accrue more uh, statistics. And that really helped Devondre Campbell. But if you've got Devondre Campbell and you're wondering why he's doing six and eight tackles and where are those double-digit tackles, tackle games, he's had a few this year, I think it's those two things combined that has really shaved the ceiling off of Devondre Campbell. 
Um, when an opposing offense runs 39 times and passes just 25, you're going to see an uptick in tackle production, which is what we saw from uh, the Cowboys defense. Philadelphia's offense is a great matchup for IDPs just because they are one of the fastest offenses. They are one of the most productive offenses, and they really spread their production throughout the field. So all uh, all. All of your IDPs against Philly. Now Philly's out this week, obviously, because they have a bye. But if you're if you had Cowboys IDPs last week, they came through for you. Particularly Malik Hooker, who had 12 total tackles. Demarcus Lawrence came through with eight tackles. Uh, so all of those things add up well. So if looking forward, if you have a start sit decision and you're and one of them is playing the Philadelphia Eagles, that would be somebody you'd want to target. Uh, speaking of linebackers uh, and, and rotations, Willie Gay should return this week from his four-week suspension or four-game suspension. Uh, he's, I'm sure, going to get used. The The question here is conditioning. Uh, again, no matter how much time you can spend in the gym, there is nothing like full-speed football conditioning. So he might he might not play every single snap. Also, uh, Steve Spagnuolo, their, their defensive coordinator, did say he looked a little rusty in practice. I'm expecting him to play and play a lot, but he might not play every snap. So um, you would probably still use Nick Bolton anyway because he is the secondary linebacker there and he's still going to play a ton of snaps. But it might be that Bolton gets one more week of 90 to 100% usage, which is good because uh, Kansas City actually has a really good matchup this week. So um, I'm I'm comfortable using uh, Willie Gay, but I'm not expecting him to put up double-digit tackles because he might not play enough snaps uh, to produce that. They're playing the 49ers. The 49ers are one of the most, they're the, they're the third most rushing offense in the league. And if you just acquired uh, Christian McCaffrey, chances are your rushing percentage is going to go up, not down. So uh, I like uh, Bolton more than Willie Gay this week, but I do like both of them in their matchup. Uh, we want to also look a little bit at uh, what's going on in uh, Seattle for the Seahawks defense. The Seahawks defense is actually playing uh, really well. Uh, they recorded six sacks uh, and 15 big plays, including uh, um, Tariq Woolen, the, uh, the, the, the cornerback who has really been playing well for them. He had another INT uh, that gives him four interceptions, which is a, which actually ties a franchise record for a Seahawk rookie. So some IDP uh, goodness out of Seattle. Uh, I like Woolen this week uh, for, for a DB. I also really like Ryan Neal. Uh, they have a great matchup. Seattle is facing uh, the, the Chargers. And remember that Neil has supplanted Josh Jones as uh, the replacement for Jamal Adams. And Neil has been playing a good amount of box, particularly in dime. They've been pulling Cody Barton off the field more and more for Ryan Neal. And it's been Neil who's been putting up really good tackle numbers. The last two weeks, he's got 15 total tackles from the safety position. And he's playing the Chargers. And the Chargers give up the fourth most tackles to defensive backs and create the fourth most fantasy points for a linebacker. So Neil, who plays a little bit of both, should have a good week. I also do like Woolen. Whether he can get a, a another interception is too risky to assume, but he at least does have a good matchup and has his tackle floor will be a little bit higher than normal. Um, now, 
two weeks ago or last week, we talked about how Aloe Gilman actually replaced Nasir Adderley in the starting lineup in this game or, or for the Chargers game. But it was, in fact, Adderley that returned to the starting lineup uh, last week. So we're expecting that to be a one week blip and that uh, you should be comfortable firing up Adderley this week. He did take all 58 defensive snaps uh, last week. Um, so there's a there's an opportunity here for him. Now, remember, he is the deep safety, uh, so he might not have as much production, obviously, back there behind uh, Drew Tranquil and Derwin James, who are mainly the tackle producers here. Just keep in mind that uh, that Seattle does throw the ball deep. Uh, they, have, they have quite a, a couple of deep threats there, and we know that uh, uh, Geno Smith is not afraid to let the ball go. So if you are desperate at safety, Nasir Adderley does work, I think, as a DB3. A couple of notable injuries here that uh, that Thomas has has, has sent our way. Cornerback uh, Nick Needham for Miami, he tore his Achilles and was placed on season-ending injured reserve, so he's done for the year. Cornerback uh, Casey Hayward of Atlanta injured his shoulder and was placed on temporary um, IR, so he might not be done for the season, but he's definitely done. He's definitely out indefinitely. Definitely out indefinitely. Yeah, I just said that on a podcast. Uh, safety Logan Ryan from Tampa Bay. He's out for the. He's going to go undergo surgery on a Jones fracture, uh, and he'll be out for at least six weeks. That actually clears things up a little bit because we were they were using three safeties pretty heavily there with uh, with Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield. Edwards had been banged up, but it does look like Edwards is back this week. So now it should just be a ton of um, Mike Edwards and uh, Antoine Winfield, which is good. Uh, if they do use a third safety, that should move Keanu Neal back into the picture. But I don't see Neal playing nearly as much as as Logan Ryan did. Uh, speaking of safeties, Talanoa Huvanga, he suffered a head injury in uh, you know last week, um, but he, he was able to return to the game. Actually, had a pretty solid game. Afterwards, he did display concussion symptoms, and as of now, he still is concussion pro- in concussion protocol. A reminder that the 49ers play Sunday night. So uh, that's, uh, or I guess Sunday afternoon, uh, Sunday in the late block. So watch that one carefully. Uh, if you, if if he hasn't cleared concussion protocol or we haven't heard something definite by Sunday morning, you might have to look elsewhere. Uh, last minute stashes, if you, if you had to do it last minute, some of the other four o'clock games would be the, the Chargers, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Miami, Brandon Jones might 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 be available still if he was dropped. Uh, and then the, obviously the Monday night game is Chicago at New England. So if you get stuck and need an emergency grab, those are some of the teams you can look for uh, to, to grab somebody to replace Ufanka if he does, in fact, not play. Okay, uh, looks like that's going to wrap us up. Uh, I had to shift all this on poor Thomas last minute uh, twice now. So uh, I was hoping he was going to be able to hop on with us, but I'm sure he'll be back next week if I can get my act together and uh, understand how plane flights uh, and airports work. Then uh, we'll get to hear uh, Thomas's melodious voice. For this week, unfortunately, you are stuck with me. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me at Down With IDP. Remember to go to fantasypoints.com. Uh, you can you can use promo code Varnes22 uh, to get 10% off. And we've reduced our price 
uh, now that the season is is a, the quarter of the way through. So if you are still looking for uh, expert fantasy advice and want to dig a little deeper, get help with start sets, have access to not only us, but John Hansen and Joe Dolan and you name it in the Discord app, you can reach out directly to us with start set and trade questions. Now is the best time to do it. It will not be cheaper if you use promo code VARNS22 plus the already discounted rate that's going on currently uh, could save you probably 20 to 25% off of what is um, what is a great value to have access to all these individuals. We will see you next week. I'm going to do Thomas's call out since he's not here. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.